and welcome to the Sports Loft podcast. Uh, I'm delighted today to be joined by Ben Reynolds, who's the founder and chief executive of Spolk. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Good day, Drew. How's it going? Coming to you from a kind of cloudy and rainy day in New York City. Yes, it's similar over in London. So I think I think maybe the clouds are gathering full stop. So we shall see how it goes. But I think let's just dive straight in, Ben. And you want to tell us sort of how you got involved and, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, what services uh, your business is offering? So, I mean, you can tell by the accent that um, I'm, I'm not an American, um, even though I live in New York now. So originally, originally from New Zealand, uh, and we're a, we're a four-year-old business that started uh, on a couch in an apartment over a few beers, watching a sports match one day. Um, and like any sports fan, me and a few friends were sitting there and decided, hey, we can do a better job of commentating this, this sports event than the joker that's commentating on the, on the TV broadcast. Um, so after a few beers, we got together, set up a little streaming setup in, in our apartment uh, and started commentating um, matches for our friends. We'd share the broadcast on Facebook Live and YouTube and started accumulating these people who were, who were listening into us every week. Then we had people start complaining, hey, your, your audio's out of time with the live coverage of the match that we're watching. So being engineers by, by background, we said, hey, how's, is there a way that we can synchronize our commentary at home to what's happening on the, the live TV? And that was really the, the genesis of, of, of Spork and what we've built today. The, the sort of difference today is we've taken out the, the, the sort of amateur couch commentator piece and replaced it with professional commentators, yeah. but we're now helping sports leagues, broadcasters, and, and networks all around the world produce commentary from commentators sitting at home rather than them having to travel to the venue. So it's all about remote production, which we know in the age of, of coronavirus is a, is a hot topic at the moment. Um, it's all about multilingual production uh, and it's all about influences and using alternate forms of commentary to drive audience growth. Well, that sounds, sounds really impressive in terms of such a short period of time being able to grow. So, so as you say, also you started on your couch. Uh, give us a feel for the sort of businesses that you work for right now. We've really moved up, like I say, from from sort of amateur couch commentators to, to working with some of the top top leagues and federations in the world. Um, so, I mean, biggest event we've been across was six languages on the, the Rugby World Cup um, last year. Um, and World Rugby have continued to use us for a variety of their Rugby Sevens and um, other tournaments, things like that. Um, Six Nations, another big partner of ours, um, particularly around coronavirus, we've been producing a lot of um, alternate athlete commentaries on, on historic matches, uh, as well as working with them during during the season to support with multilingual uh, coverage. Um, we're big in Switzerland with a lot of the Olympic federations, um, over a dozen Olympic federations um, from FIBA on the basketball front um, through to FIH on the hockey front to using us to produce multilingual remote remote production so we're across a lot of markets a lot of verticals um and working with a top a lot of the top sports leagues around the world obviously let's get straight into the virus uh, which obviously affecting all of our lives otherwise we'd probably be doing this face to face um so how is it obviously it seems like you're on a, on a really sort of strong trajectory in terms of growth and appeal and winning new business and new clients how has the, the impact of, of the virus changed that, if at all? Is it, is it creating new opportunities? Is it slowed that growth down? I mean, it's weird to be uh, celebrating or, or, or happy at, at sort of a time like this with what, what the world's going through. But I mean, we've just had our biggest month ever in, in April. Um, and that's largely driven by um, what COVID has brought up with remote production 
um, archival re-commentary uh, and esports. Um, so, I mean, we've we've seen buying cycles get shortened from what is typically a six-month buying cycle to days. Um, and so for us, we've had broadcasters just sliding into our emails saying, hey, we spoke a few months ago, wasn't right then. Now our production center's closed. We can't get anybody in. Um, what can you guys do to help us produce, um, produce content? Um, so, I mean, from the NBA 2K League um, through to, like I mentioned before, some of the cool stuff we're doing with, um, with Six Nations, it's just been a, a crazy, crazy month for us. Yeah. Um, and everyone's really firing on, on all cylinders, which is, which is great. Yeah, I mean, you were, you wouldn't sort of want a situation like this to uh, to, to create that kind of growth, but obviously the, the demand for your services are going to be much higher in, in this kind of situation when people are in lockdown. I mean, it's almost yeah, and, and definitely, I think the the exciting thing we've we've enjoyed being able to do as a part of it is obviously we so alongside our our technology, we have a big talent marketplace of commentators around the world. Um, that we're licensing into um, our partners. Um, a lot of them are freelancers and with live sport just getting cancelled all around the world. Um, a lot of them have been sort of having quite quite tough times with sure. um, all the major broadcasters um, not having live sport to air. Um, and so it's been great, I guess, being able to provide a, a source of income. It's not enormous, but we're obviously giving as much as we can through to freelance commentators at this time. And it's been great to be able to keep um, sort of that that marketplace ticking over as well to make sure that these freelancers are able to continue earning earning an income at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that's a great story actually, and, and you know, but sort of a, if, if you really feel for people working broadcast production from a traditional position at this particular juncture, because most of them are freelancers as yep. you said and, and haven't been able to work. So in terms of it, it feels like there's obviously been a, a massive growth spike in the last couple of months as the demand has been driven. What's your been approached to staffing that up? How are you sourcing all of this extra talent that you no doubt need? Yeah, for sure. So on, on the commentator front, I mean, we, we operate a, um, a pretty robust recruitment talent screening and um, training model for new commentators. Um, so we're getting inbound all the time, as well as doing select outbounds based on client need um, to commentators all around the world. From a from a sort of team staffing um, staffing standpoint, I mean, we've obviously had to scale up our, our delivery team um, a little bit. We operate a a fully distributed um, MCR or master control room. Um, yeah. So whenever we have live events, we're able to staff um, every time zone um, from people at home on on home equipment. So remote production is in our DNA, and and, yeah. and so this has really uh, not really changed our processes too much because we were already so used to um, operating from home. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you were a business built for this scenario. <laughs> in terms of um, that sort of growth of that client base, but you obviously mentioned lots of different groups of businesses there. Are you seeing predominantly that your relationships are growing with the broadcasters or is that coming direct from the, from the leagues and the clubs or, as you say, even the, the, the players and their representatives? So our, our growth model or the way that we're, we're going about attacking the market is um, really starting off with the sports leagues, the Olympic federations, uh, and the sport-specific streaming products. Yeah. So we've really focused because because we know that those um, that sort of user base only cares about one thing, and that's more people watching World Rugby TV, more people watching the NBA 2K League, more people watching the Nicaraguan Football League. Mm -hmm. Broadcasters are a different beast entirely. They have obviously uh, many more sports properties they they care about, and procurement cycles are, are much much longer. Um, and saying that, I mean this this really has been the time where we're starting to be stepping up from 
individual sports leagues to actually working direct with with broadcasters. Um, so I mean, a number of um, exciting things happening in, in the coming few weeks. We work really closely with Formula E, and they've got a few of their broadcast partners around the world who are now carrying content that that we're producing. Um, and so the natural evolution, if you like, of the business is um, really just moving up the market until we're touching every piece of sports content in the world um, and controlling commentary distribution for every broadcaster and every sports league in the world. Wow. And obviously that, that acceleration that you're seeing this year, that can't have been in the plan in the start of the year uh, to, to have that kind of growth so quickly. It was in the plan, but probably 12 months down the road. Um, and we've really just had to bring timelines forward on, on, on a delivery of a lot of things. So engineering teams working really, really hard in, in New Zealand to um, build and release um, sort of broadcast ready new, new products and things like that. But um, I mean, all in all, it was, it's, it's always good to be um, sort of moving quicker than the rest of the markets. And we're just trying to make sure that we deliver the best we can for, for our partners. And um, I mean, they'll tell their broadcasters about us and it all turns into a, um, a sort of nice little network effect to the whole thing, which is, which is what we're starting to see. Well, lovely to spend time with you, Ben, and thank you very much for, for taking us through exactly what's sort of taking you uh, uh, your attention right now. No worries, and yeah, really, really appreciate it. And I guess a, a final quick shout out. I mean, we've been supporting a lot of our partners with charitable giving to charitable causes and things like that through the crisis. And um, I mean, big thank you to all the frontline health workers and, and folks out there who are, um, I mean, taking on board so much risk, um, saving the world at the moment. So um, thanks to them, and yeah, really appreciate the time, Drew. Lovely stuff. Thanks, Ben. Nice to speak to you. Thanks. Okay, and that's all we've got time for today. Um, thank you to Ben, and thank you to everybody who's listening to this podcast. 